it's Enrico Palazzo! In a world overwhelmed by information, two men will risk it all to bring you the latest baseball information. It's the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Synthesize for your pleasure with Michael Govier and Christopher Deary. Take it away, boys! Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Podcast. It's a podcast about baseball. And it has a co-host, and his name is Christopher Deary. Hi, Chris. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. This is the Enrico Palazzo Podcast, Episode 3. We're going to talk about starting pitchers, Part 2. Last week, we talked some starting pitchers. Now we're going to do it again, but with other names, because there is a plethora. I mean, do you think about all the starting pitchers available in a fantasy draft? I mean, wow. Wow. Yeah, I think usually when people are doing their research, I don't think they go as deep as maybe we might go today. Ooh, I like that. We're going deep. Deep. That's a shout out to a podcast I like. Uh, It's a hidden reference. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Ooh. All right. So we are on Twitter at Palazzo Podcast. How many L's and how many Z's, Chris? Two L's, two Z's, folks. That's right. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast. Good times, Gargabons. All right, so if you want to hit us up with emails, we take fantasy questions. We take Major League Baseball questions, whatever you're in the mood for. If you want to ask us what's a good restaurant recommendation, if you happen to be traveling through Ann Arbor, uh, I would go with... um, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, excellent (laughs) choice. Can't find them anywhere else, only in Ann Arbor. I'm really hoping that we can get a reservation to the Taco Bell Hotel in Palm Springs. I'm, I'm amazed by this. When you shared this story with me about a half hour ago, I'm amazed by the bell. <laughs> the bell, baby! Get there. If you haven't heard about it, Taco Bell Hotel, the bell. It's, it's in a, Palm Springs. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. You can get a reservation and stay there and sleep on a pillow that looks like a hot or a mild packet. What do you think their toilets look like there? Uh, uh, probably like a bowl of pintos and cheese. Ah, there it is. So yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Palazzo Podcast and send us your fantasy questions. Palazzo Podcast at protonmail.com. Palazzo Podcast at protonmail.com. That's two L's, two Z's. We got some more emails this week, so we're very excited to talk about that. We will do that at the end of the show. But first off, we want to make some clarifications i made a mistake when i was talking passionately about hensley mullins last week i got a little too excited about hensley and i said caraco (laughs) it's not caraco i know that i actually knew that but i didn't realize i had said it sometimes you know a little inside baseball here you're doing a podcast. Chris, you understand this. Yeah, really you well. get ahead of yourself and you accidentally say the wrong thing or what you used to say. And uh, yeah, Caraco. It is not Caraco. What is it, Mike? It's Curacao. 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 Sorry about that. To all the Curacaoians, I apologize. And um, please accept my heartfelt apology. That was definitely my fault. I should have corrected you last week. I knew you were wrong, but I didn't want to make you feel bad on the pod. 
Well, this is a live broadcast. We're like, we don't script this thing. I mean, we oh, have... Oh, no, no. We have some notes, but uh, yeah, we kind of go off the cuff here. Yeah, there are, I mean, we have to speak from our heart, our minds, and our balls. We give it everything we got, and I made a mistake. We also screwed up with the Globe Life Field, which is the new Texas Rangers facility opening in a couple months. Uh, we didn't mention that they had a retractable roof, and when we were talking oh, about... Right, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Corey Kluber last week. Yes. That should have been a really important part of the information because that really affects his fantasy value. I heard a story today that they're going to keep the old bar ballpark open as well, and they're right next door to each other. They're they're thinking if the XFL becomes a success that uh, they might put a football team in there. What? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, the, the, how old was their other stadium? I don't even think it was that old. It was built in the 90s, I okay, believe. Okay, yeah, not that old. Like, I remember it opened around the same time as Jacobs Field in Cleveland. Okay. So, like, 94, 93. Yeah. Progressive. And so, that's, this is... Oh, man. Maybe I should save this for mad as hell at the end, but... Oh, yeah. Ballparks. Owners taking advantage. Yeah, ballpark scams. Yeah. It's the worst. Dan Snyder's trying to get a new one over in Washington, D.C. They built that one, like, 20 years ago. You could do a whole show on uh, on Marlins Park down there in Miami and how they screwed over their city. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, the they're going to be paying on, on that there. thing forever. Yeah. When the bill comes due, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, also, I wanted to mention that I stayed at the Hooters Hotel and what? Casino. That exists, too? That was the <laughs> first time I went to Las Vegas in oh, 2011. Okay. Vegas, Vegas, that makes sense. Yeah, it's in Las Vegas. I had never been. Me and... Uh, my friend Luke drove through on our way to California, beautiful Temecula, California, SoCal, and we we needed a place to stay. We were kind of spent because we were driving from Denver, <laughs> and we stayed at the Hooters Casino and Hotel. That was really pathetic and lame. It was the, that experience was that pathetic and lame. It was just pathetic and lame experience at the Hooters Hotel. It was because we were really tired, and I'd never been to Vegas, and I really expected my first time going to Vegas would be like woo. Was, it, was, there a was there a casino in the hotel? Yeah, it's a full-on, you know, I think we stayed on the 16th floor or something. It's a full-on. Holy shit, 16 floors? It's a real thing, yeah. It's like a real Vegas casino, so. Is it still there, do you know? I think it is. Last time I was there, which is, Unbelievable. it's been about five years, but you think it's there. So if you're in Vegas, check out the Hooters Casino and Hotel if you want to go to a shitty hotel. All right, so that's our uh, errors from last week. Hit us up. At Plazo Podcast on Twitter, we're really engaging with uh, the fantasy me community, and it, I gotta say this: it's been really exciting to find out how deep this fantasy baseball community gets. There are a lot of people out there, uh, so many new names and faces I've learned about. I've listened to some other podcasts this week, Deary. Um, yeah, as 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 have I. I don't want to, you know, I want to learn from other people, like um, friends with fantasy benefits. Justin Mason is a big wig now. He he runs a good podcast network. Constant information. Uh, Pitcher List has a good podcast. Uh, Prospects three six five is starting a new one as well. Uh, there are so many, and there. If you want fantasy baseball information, you could spend all week just listening to fantasy baseball podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps uh, those that don't like to sit on a computer and sit there and do research and look guys up. And you want honest opinions about guys. There's so much out there. Absolutely, I'm uh, really excited about it, and I just I just got accepted to the uh, Raz Ball Raz Slam, so uh, I'm excited about that. I don't know how it's going to work. It's uh, one of my first forays into a mixed league of fans and fantasy analysts, so I'm really excited about that. I cannot wait to compete and uh, probably get my ass kicked and learn a thing or two for some people who know a thing or two beyond what I know. 
Well, maybe that league will be a really good thing to talk about on this pod is we won't be giving up our own information about leagues that we are in with our own players that other people might hear about. So maybe this Razzball one would be something we could talk about a lot on the pod. Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, <laughs> <sighs> the, Something, there was a trade that happened today in like in one of my main keeper leagues, and I was really annoyed by it. I thought it was a bad trade. It, so a guy gave up Luis Severino. Okay. And uh, a first-round pick, which in this league, we have six keepers, right? Mm-hmm. So the first round is the seventh round, really. Okay. If you look at it like that. Okay. So we gave up a middle first round slash seventh rounder and Luis Severino to get Charlie Blackman in the last pick of the draft. What do you think of that? You're trading a first-round pick, seventh rounder, and Luis Severino to get Charlie Blackman? Uh, I don't like that trade at all. We're going to talk about Charlie Blackman actually later in this pod. Um, I'm not the biggest Charlie Blackman fan right now. I don't know who he, I, Apparently, the, this guy loves him. So uh, Yeah, three years ago, maybe. <laughs> I, th- I think he's due for a big regression over the next couple of years. Okay. And, all right. I'm glad you said that because it's also a keeper league, so you're looking with an eye to the future, right? Yes. Yeah. And not that, I mean, Severino was hurt, so it mm-hmm. looks risky. But before he got hurt, he was a stud, as we talked about last week. Yes. I, I, my response is the same one you had when I woke up this morning and saw the trade. So I'm glad uh, to know I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, keepers and how to keep them, when to keep them, why to keep them. But uh, let's go around and do some total bases here. Let's load up. <laughs> Nick Castellanos signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Reds. Instant analysis, Deary, what do you think? I think it's a nice deal for him, and I think it's a nice deal for the Reds as well. I mean, obviously, we've, you know, people have talked about his deficiencies when it comes to playing the outfield. Um, I like what the Reds have done this offseason, picking up Moustakis, and now Castellanos is going to bat in the middle of that order. Uh, Out in Cincinnati, he's going to be able to put up a ton of doubles and a lot of home runs. Uh, I think if he's healthy, I think it's going to be a big boost to their offensive lineup. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And now we we found out that Eugenio Suarez had a little swimming pool incident. He didn't wait an hour. That was the most (laughs) obvious joke on Twitter. He didn't wait an hour until he went swimming. (laughs) We got to do better than that, guys. Let's raise the bar. But, uh, yeah, so with Eugenio Suarez and having a shoulder surgery now, opening day, six weeks, seven weeks away? Yeah, it's, it's, it's his right shoulder. I mean, they're saying he's going to be ready by opening day, but I think it might take a little longer than that. Uh, it leaves them with some deficiencies in the infield here. Moustakis was slated to play second base. They might have to move him over to third now. Um, Freddie Galvez is out at shortstop. So the middle of their infield's kind of, uh, you know, at a big deficiency right now. So so we'll see how they plug, uh, plug away if uh, Suarez is out for an extended period of time. And Nick Senzel tours labrum and had surgery last September, so he's coming back from that. Yeah, and he's slotted to play center field, a hot, top prospect for them. Uh, got some time up last year. Uh, um, I think with signing uh, Castellanos to take some pressure, pressure off of Aquino, who came up last year and just had an amazing half season last year. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to kind of move him around and, and slot him in uh, when need be. Yeah, but the problem is they got too many outfielders. Still, you can sign Castellanos has become an outfielder. There's no DH yet in the National League. There will be eventually, but not yet. So I wonder, is is this crazy? Detroit Tigers are our home team here. We live in Ann Arbor, so that's our team, right? But 
is Castellanos really going to play some third base for the Reds? Is that possible? We've no. watched it happen. The, the guy cannot play third base. I, I, I think the mistake that was made with Castellanos is they should have tried to make him a first baseman several years ago with the Tigers. But the Tigers were too stubborn having Miggy there, and they didn't want to move uh, Cabrera over to DH. I just don't know where uh, Castellanos is going to play in the, in the field because he has so many issues. Uh, I don't think you can go ahead and put him at third base. He's a disaster over there. I think you just want to hide him in right field. Um, wasn't Sensel a, wasn't he a third base prospect and they moved him to the outfield? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, shortstop, a little bit of third, second base. I mean, Moustakas could play third and then Sensel could play second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Reds. But the, the signing makes more sense because we didn't know at the time. And some people have been doing some drafts early if you're really getting early on drafts I think, that, the... I think that's nuts oh of course it's nuts yeah but some people are hardcore right yeah my dad's already drafted like six teams it's only just because he can't wait what like real drafts <laughs> yeah oh my god i don't even know what site he's doing this off of but i'm like dad you gotta wait man like there's still some signings to be made some of these rotations haven't even been set and there's always a ton of injuries that happen around this time so luis urias Broken Hammett bone, the devastator. Hammett bone <laughs> surgery. So six to eight weeks minimum, and then the recovery time. There's a lot of studies out there that say it's not a big deal, this Hammett bone or having a wrist. Because you know the story of, hey, if a guy who's a hitter has a wrist injury, it's going to ruin and sap his power for the season. He's 22 years old. He can bounce back. So I don't know if we can prove that. But it does bum out his fantasy value. I was a big fan of his. I was looking at him as a sleeper. Mm. He had a 12% walk percentage in 2018 in 120 games at AAA. That's a solid sample yeah. with an excellent walk percentage. And if mm. you're in an OBP league in particular, you really want to be in a points league. Urias would have been a nice little pickup. But I'm wondering how many people are going to back off now and be like, whoa, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah, it's really too bad for him. You know, he's he's over with the Brewers now, and, uh, you know, he's a guy who needs some major league at-bats. You know, he he started to pick up the power in the minors last year. I believe he had 19 home runs last year. He's a small guy, but, uh, you know, some of the peripherals that you just talked about uh, leads us to believe that he's a guy who's on the up-and-up, but, yeah, an injury like this is, is a tough setback. Uh, for the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers are already looking okay up the middle uh, with Arce and Herrera. Um, and you got Sogard over at third, so I, I'm not sure how long he's going to last there. But, yeah, I was, I was excited to see uh, what kind of run Urias could get this year. Mmm. I'm trying to get over it. I'm still sad. So oh, I'm going to no. get over this, Chris. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, You're going to be the first one to pick him up off waivers. <laughs> I, may, I, I might be that guy. Starling Marte was traded, Christopher. How about that? He was finally moved, and everyone was saying Mets, Mets, Mets for the longest time, but mm-hmm. there was no Nimmo deal. Marte was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for two young prospects, both 20 years old, young, barely, you know, they got some seasoning to be seasoned mm-hmm. before they make an impact at the major league level. Uh, Brennan Malone and uh, Leover Peguero. Leover, I like that name. Call him yeah. Leo. It's easy to spell because it's lie over, L-I over. Oh. So I was spelling it easily, but I may have incorrectly. I might get an email about this. This is going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person. I'm sorry. It, it, you're okay, Michael. Uh, so Brennan Malone was a compensatory pick last year. He was the first pick after the first round. Okay. And uh, he's from the IMG Academy in Florida, which is Ooh. right next to where uh, the Pirates have spring training in Bradenton. Mm. So they might have been familiar with him and interested oh, in him. They're already looking at him. Okay. Yeah. 
And then uh, Pereira was signed out of Dominican Republic. He's a shortstop. Uh, he had a game-winning hit last year in uh, like rookie, in Dominican <laughs> he had one game-winning hit last year. Yeah, he did. It was a game what winner. A I saw the video online. He, so he, there's some promise with these guys, but it's going to be a minute before they have fantasy relevance. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think for the Diamondbacks, it shores up something that they've been looking for. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries in the outfield. Uh, David Peralta hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, Keto Marte is going to play second base for them. They signed Cole Calhoun, who's oft injured with the with the uh, Angels the last couple of years. So they've solidified their center field. Um, and for the Pirates, I think they're just trying to you know stockpile some prospects and do a, do a rebuild here. Yeah, they have the lowest payroll. In the majors, and it's by eight million dollars. Oh, it's wow. not close. I didn't, I didn't realize that was they were that low. I mean, I knew they were near the bottom. I didn't know they were last. Yeah, there could be a serious grievance filed. Uh, MLBPA could be like, "Hey guys, come on! There's got to be a minimum attempt." You got to you gotta spend some money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how this turns out. But Ben Charrington, who's the new general manager, mm-hmm. used to be in Boston, yep. won a World Series in 2013, and was fired after uh, things didn't work out. But he's Going in early on this trade, some people thought he should wait. Marte might have more value if they waited till the trade deadline or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I could see that for sure. But they, he didn't. This is a decision he made. Now he has to live with it for the rest of his life. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel the Pirates are going to have a pretty difficult season. Uh, Uh-oh. We'll see what other type of moves they make. But, yeah, they gotta they got to get some guys in their, uh, in their farm system. Come on. The Pirates, I- they got Josh Bell. We'll talk about Josh Bell a little later. <laughs> a couple of their pitchers might, we might talk about, but... Uh, yeah, their 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 hitters just don't excite me too much. Kevin Newman, Kevin Newman had a decent year last year, but is that guy a you know a superstar at third base? I doubt it. Colin Moran, same same <laughs> play. They're like the same player. <laughs> the outfield looks like garbage, but I'll tell you that. Not that we should go on this Pirates tangent, but Brian Reynolds was a guy who played last year. He showed some promise. Oh yeah, yeah. Good been in the middle of the order for them too. Yeah, good patience at the plate. Someone to keep an eye on. Uh, and if Polanco can be healthy, which is a big question mark. You know, maybe there's some life in that lineup. I wouldn't, if you're a Josh Bell guy who's obviously the centerpiece of the lineup now, I wouldn't abandon all hope, but uh, mm-hmm. be cautious. Uh, I mean, yeah, it could be a team where these guys break out, you know, Stallings behind the plate, and, you know, if Polanco can stay healthy. I mean, you never know. This is what I love about baseball is the unknown before the season. The unknown! Woohee! Um, Chris Bryant lost his grievance. Oh. Poor guy. So he's got to wait another year till free agency. We all know it's a scam. We all know the Cubs do what every other team does. And yep. until the rules change, yep. that's how it is, right? I mean, they were pretty uh, sneaky about it when he was just about to come up. And, uh, oh, we I, all remember it, yeah. yeah every, every team does it. I mean, uh, you saw it with Tatis last year. You saw it a couple years ago uh, with... Uh, Guerrero. Yeah, with you saw it with Vlad Guerrero last year. So, uh, yeah, he loses his grievance. We talked about this last week that he was... Uh, probably not going to win the grievance. So I heard a crazy rumor today that the Cubs were trying to get in on uh, shipping Brian over to the Rockies for Arenado. Oh, yeah. Somebody said that, too. Um, Anything can be said these days. Yeah, that's the rumor. Uh, obviously, the Mookie Betts rumors are flying around. It's, but Yeah, it's all over the place. We don't know if that's going to happen either. A yeah. lot of hot air. I don't I don't think there's going to be a big trade with those players right now. I just no, don't. I, I, yeah, spring I training is right around the corner. February is this weekend. So I know Marte was traded. The other day, but that might be the last trade we see in terms of a big-time player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with Brian, I, he's a free agent after next year. I mean, so if he's going to get traded, it's probably mid-season this year. Yep, I heard some Phillies rumors too. Hey, there's two prospects they have, and well, they his best could... buddies Harper. Yep, that that's been around forever. So who the hell knows? 
Uh, Chris Bryan, I think, is going to have a great year on a side note. I would really target him, and if he's in a keeper league, definitely keep him based on your parameters, of course. But I'm excited about Chris Bryan's 2020. Dusty Baker was hired as the Houston Astros manager. Boring. Uh, fantasy impact on this? Is uh, there? No, no. Hmm. Dusty's going to be a guy who's going to come in. He'll actually want to answer these questions and maybe take some relief off the players about the uh, the sign stealing and all that. So it's probably a smart move for uh, it's a smart move for the team. But I mean, the guy's seventy one years old now. He's six years older than the second oldest manager in Major League. Yeah. So it seems like a pretty typical hire to me, though. He's old school for sure. So he's going to run a tighter ship possibly than Hinch did. He's not going to be afraid to say what's on his mind. That's one thing we know about Dusty Baker, which has got him in trouble before. But He's got to dust off that old toothpick. Dust off the toothpick. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, I wonder if there's some steak left over on that toothpick. Maybe maybe some chicken. Mm. (laughs) Gross. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, A couple infield hits as we close out the total bases section. Ryan Zimmerman re-signed with the Nats. Infield is stacked. You got Azrubal Cabrera, Javi Kendrick. Starling Castro's there now. Eric Thames. And then you got Carter Keboom. So I don't know what. <laughs> they are just stacking, stacking, stacking. Kind of like the Phillies did by signing a bunch of guys like Neil Walker. And they're kind of like retreads, but they're serviceable. Minor league deals. And you need depth if you want to win, right? Yeah, I mean, Zimmerman, I mean, I thought he would have just retired after this past year. No way! They're going um, for two, baby! After they won it all. It might be one of those, like, legacy signings where it's like, ah, oh, you know, we'll do you a favor, <laughs> you play one more year with us, and you'll retire. The clubhouse guy. So, He's like the original Nat, isn't he? Wasn't he like the... He was the first Nat yeah, in 2005 yeah, when they yeah, moved there. He was the first guy. He's, he's a Nats legend. That's um, true. He 30, really is. 35 years old now. I'm not sure how much he has left, but in limited time, you know, he can help your team out. First ballot Hall of Famer, right? I don't think he's making the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. Uh, also, Eduardo Nunez signed a deal with the Mets. Keith Moreland re-signed. Oh, I call him Keith. Uh, Keith Moreland. Oh, Keith? yeah, Mitch Moreland. Remember Keith Moreland? Yeah. He was... Uh, Played for the Tigers. He was on the Cubs in the 80s. Was he a first baseman as well? I believe he was. Hmm. Yeah, I said Keith Moreland. That's classic. I had a Keith Moreland baseball card. I... I it's stuck in my head. Anyways, yeah, Mitch Moreland re-signed with the Red Sox. And then Steven Souza Jr., re- he signs a deal with the Cubs after destroying his knee with yeah. the Diamondbacks last year. Yeah, and that guy hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. Yeah, he's well, he's not so bad luck. Apparently, there was he was wearing these plastic molded spikes, and when he hit the what? home plate, yeah. Oh, I don't no. know why he was doing that, but this is a story I heard the other day. So, not a good move on his part, and it's just a fluke, unfortunate injury. Some people are saying this is a smooth move for the Cubs. This guy could provide some real value, play a good center field, and then, uh, you know, maybe hit 25 bombs if he's healthy. Wow. Yeah, these are three guys that probably you're not looking at on draft day uh, for fantasy. I mean, Mitch Moreland's going to start at first base for the for the Red Sox. You know, he got injured last year. He was batting at a real high average last year. Yeah, his per-game stats are real solid. Yeah, yeah, I had him for a short bit. Uh, Eduardo Nunez, he's a, you know, a plug-and-play guy. I mean, he's going to come in when there's some injuries. He's going to give some depth to the infield for the Mets uh, behind Cano and yeah, you know, he Jeff could McNeil. Get, he'd give you some steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was... He's a solid player. Well, he was. I mean, his batting his batting average went in the toilet, and his bat just seemed to disappear, and he was taken out of some roles, so mm-hmm. maybe he needed more consistent playing time, but he went in the dumper at the plate, but he could <laughs> still move. He, he could get... It's not a guy you're going to be rostering in no. fantasy at all. If he makes no. the team, it might be a little bit of a surprise, actually. Okay. All right, so 
Let's move on into our starting pitcher segment two. After last week, we went hard on some pitcher comparisons, some rankings. We love starting pitching because it can be the difference, really. Because there's batters galore, but there is scarcity when it comes to starting pitchers. So if you have somebody that one of the studs, Bueller, Strasburg, Verlander, Garrett Cole, all these guys, they can be difference makers that, especially if you're playing in a head-to-head league where other players don't have that, that they can rival you in a given week, unless you have crazy streaming rules where you can just stream 80,000 guys, that would be the only reason that would make that less legitimate. But in terms of uh, rankings, Deary, me and you, we both did a, a solid list. We've got our rankings locked in. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that surprised you when you did your rankings in terms of just your your list? Like, hey, wow, I got this guy higher or lower than I thought. Uh, I haven't looked at your list. I imagine our list is is somewhat similar. Uh, you know, guys that I, I, I've really I kind of highlighted a few guys in here, at least that I have in my top fifteen guys that um, could be you know top of the level you know fantasy starting pitchers, but I don't have them as high as they could be. Uh, guys like Patrick Corbin with the Nationals had a really, really solid year last year. Um, 3.25 ERA, um, over 10 strikeouts per nine. He won 14 ball games with them. He's someone who could be right on the fringe of top 10 there. Uh, Blake Snell, a guy that two years ago wins the AL Cy Young, ERA under two. He gets injured last year. And, uh, you know, I, I have him in one of my keeper leagues. You know, comes back, pitches 107 innings. His strikeout rate is incredible. Uh, 12.64 last year which is which is really really good and his uh swing strike strike rate uh 17.70 league average is right around 10 so he's way above that wow um, he's a guy his his babip last year was 343 in, in in the 107 innings there's no way it's going to be that high he's a guy who could bounce back and be a top 10 guy possibly a top five guy i have him listed as 15 on my list right now um, so that, that's another guy I was kind of looking at. And then uh, another guy that I'm really, we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, Noah Syndergaard. Like, where do people have Noah Syndergaard ranked at? You know, the, the mighty Thor. Um, He's trash. Yeah, I mean, we, we might disagree on this, and we'll talk about him him in a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have him inside the top 20, which, you know, could be a big, big miss there if I go and reach for him inside the top 20. I have Syndergaard at 23, so not that far off. Okay. He's still a solid guy, but he's going to have an ERA of probably around four from 380 to four. That's just who he is. Yeah. He hasn't shown the under three since 2016, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So I don't... Syndergaard's solid, but he's not like a stud. And in fact, I have some guys behind him that I would probably take, depending on the situation. Zach Wheeler at 28. I really like Wheeler. I hate the ballpark. Yeah. But I really mm-hmm. like Wheeler to take a step up like these next two or three years could be just career defining years for him so i would rather have him i'd rather have sunny gray than Syndergaard. i think sunny gray totally had an incredible year last year yeah he completely reformatted his uh how he threw his pitches how often he threw his pitches and i really buy into that i think sunny gray is someone who's being really undervalued right now and i'm not sure why Uh, He started to throw his curveball a couple percentage points higher than he did in 2018, and that was a really good pitch for him. It's a great pitch for him overall. I don't know. Yeah, he had a terrible year with the Yankees a few years ago, but really, really bounced back with the Reds last year. 2.87 ERA. His average uh, draft position right now is 97. Um, I have him listed at 36 on my list, but he's someone who certainly could take a jump into the top 20. Well, his line drive rate went way down. It was almost six percentage points last year. And I wonder if there might be some regression on that. There was a few signs where it's like, eh, I don't 
no. And then there's some signs. It's like, oh, maybe if he sticks with the plan and keeps progressing off of that, then it looks like it's party time because he's in the prime of his career right now. So mm-hmm. His BABIP last year was 255 for Sonny Gray. Oh, that's rock solid. That's, that's real impressive. That's that's near the tops of the league. Well, the thing, though, is his career BABIP's 280. Okay. So, so that, that's that's solid. So so we might see a little regression where it'll bump up, but 280 is still really solid. That does, oh, I mean, 280 is great. That's It is rock solid, but it does... Hmm. Actually, now that you say that, that kind of red flags me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati red flag. Watch out for it. Well, I think the key with him is he struck out over 10 batters per nine last year. So so the strikeout rate went back to what it was when he was with the A's. Oh, yeah. That is definitely fun. Going into some more detail here. If you don't know some of the metrics, we'd like to help you out here. So uh, a couple of metrics we'll talk about. Swinging, strike rate, and uh, chase rate are two wonderful categories. If you're newer to fantasy baseball or you're trying to get more involved... You know, not everybody's an expert. Not everybody knows every advanced metric and all the new stats that have been thrown at us. So swing strike rate is a great indication of how nasty your stuff is if you just can't hit it. And with the O-swing percentage, which is chase rate, which is pitches outside the zone that people will go after, that tells you if a pitcher is getting people to, to chase because it's so deceptive or so nasty. So just a little insight for those of you who are trying to learn more. We here at the Enrico Palazzo podcast are here to help. I, I like both these uh, stats very much, so I uh, didn't know much about them until last year. But what's great about these stats is they go b- both ways for pitchers and batters. So it's really good to kind of see what the averages are uh, between both of them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you can interpret it for either or. And as people who are newer to this and they discover this podcast or they just read articles or maybe you go to fan graphs and you're trying to learn more, we're here to help you. So if you have any questions and you want more information, hit us up. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. And of course email palazzo podcast two l's two z's <laughs> at protonmail.com palazzo podcast at protonmail.com okay so i ran into this article that was done by ben palmer of pitcher list shout out ben thank you very much total total attribution to people who do the work we would never try to take credit for the work that we don't do here right chris yeah i'm on board with that don't <laughs> don't, don't uh don't plagiarize Okay, so he did a top 10 uh, chase rate. The pitches that had the top 10 highest chase rates last year. Number one on the list was Mr. Hinjin Ryu. 56% chase rate on his changeup. That was the number one most chased pitch in baseball. Wow. Unhittable, okay? Yeah, impressive pitch he has there in the, in the changeup. Then Verlander was second with his slider at 53.5%. Uh, Tommy Malone is the wild card on this list at number three. He has 52% chase rate on his changeup. Can you believe that? Yeah, I'm looking at this list that you have. Uh, a lot of the guys that are near the top 10, it's the changeup that, are, that uh, people are having an issue with. People can't hit the changeup. Well, and I think you know this as someone who's been a pitcher yourself. If you can throw a really nasty changeup, it could be probably... I mean, Johan Santana made a whole career out of it. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, yeah, it's deadly. I think that the changeup is a fun pitch because depending on how you exert your effort, how much you show, you know, deception's everything, right? Of course. So if you have the same motion, you don't change anything, and it looks like you're going to throw a fastball, but it's a changeup, it you have no chance. If people who have mastered that, like Tommy Malone, I guess, and Anibal Sanchez is fourth on this list. He was also a repeat from the 2018 list that Ben did. Okay. There was a few guys that were repeat members. Anibal Sanchez, 
Trevor Richards, of all people, another changeup. 51% this year. He was also on the list in 18. Masahiro Tanaka with the splitter at 50.8%. He was also on the list. And then Luis Castillo, with his famous changeup, was also a repeat member. So if you look at those four repeat members, Castillo, Tanaka, Trevor Richards, and Anibal Sanchez, obviously Castillo is the highest ranked, but which one mm-hmm. of the four would you be looking for value picks in fantasy drafts? Oh, wow. Um... God, Annabelle Sanchez is such a such an anomaly to me. Uh, he's a guy who I thought would be out of the league by now, but he just keeps putting together these uh, really, really decent seasons, and it's because of that deadly changeup he has. Big fan of Luis Castilla. Um, Tanaka is someone who that splitter is deadly. It's one of the best splitters in the game. Mm-hmm. But if hitters can stay away from that splitter, I mean, they're going to feast on his fastball and his and his slider that he has. Yeah, so I, I see Castillo's the, the the guy to go after. I'm probably not reaching for any of those other guys. I mean, maybe Tanaka just because he's a proven commodity in New York and he's been doing it for several years. Uh, but he's not someone I'm going after in the top 100. As far as Sanchez, Anibal Sanchez, 2018, he had a 283 ERA with the Braves in 136 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. And then last year, he was up to 385 in 170 innings pitched with the Nationals. But both years, he had BABIPs that were well below his career average. Okay. Last year, 265. 2018, 255. His career BABIP is 296. Oh, that explains a lot. So is, how long can he get lucky? I mean, if he adds, if this goes up 20 points or so, because his FIP last year was 444 with an ERA. What was three, his ERA last year? 385. Ooh. So his FIP seems to say, eh, this guy got kind of lucky. It's supposed his ERA is supposed to be over four. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, Anibal has a great changeup, and it's a fun list, by the way. Uh, the couple guys on the list as well were Herman Marquez, Kevin Gosman with his splitter checked in. Uh, Marquez had one of the highest swinging strike rates on his curveball, a 24% swing strike rate on a pitch that was chased 49% of the time. So. Uh, also, Clayton Kershaw made the list with his slider. That's where, the top. Where do you thing. have Marquez on your on your rankings here, Mike? Uh, I like Marquez. I think I bumped him up uh, quite a bit. I was looking around on Fantasy Pros the other day at current ADP, and I think Marquez maybe was in the fifties. I'd have to double check, but mine, I'm going. Th- I have him at thirty four right now. Okay. Sandwiched in between Shohei Otani and Masahiro Tanaka, who was also bumped up in my list at thirty five. Okay. Yeah, I got. I got uh... Pretty similar. I got Marquez at 37 here. Oh, okay. I got Marquez at 37. Uh, I love his his curveball like we talked about. Uh, he doesn't walk a ton of guys either. I, per nine last year, it was under two, which is really good. Um, about league average in terms of leaving guys on base. And, uh, yeah, 4.76 ERA. I'd have to look at what his FIP and XFIP were. Uh, but I, I think he's due to have a pretty decent season. He's a, he's a really good value pick. I think you can get. You I think don't so? Think, yeah, I don't think people are going to be going after him too too early. But what about his home park? Yeah, I mean that's always the issue. I mean maybe you sit on him uh, and you're not playing him when he's at home, depending on what the matchup is. But on the road, uh, his road splits are fantastic. Hmm. Well, hey, that's Christopher Deere giving us some information, folks. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he has his own Twitter handle as well. Uh, but he likes to keep it secret, so you got to find him on there. Good well, luck with that. I, I, I don't even know if I know what it is. I think it's Cdiri99. <laughs> it is. I don't tweet out much. I just follow, you know, the Palazzo podcast. Yeah. So we're both just a couple of bozo dudes, a couple of simple old fellas. We're in our 30s. Our 30s are winding down, 
and we're just here in the dining room talking about fantasy baseball. So if you enjoy the podcast, you know, give us a follow. I don't. I never even said this before. Maybe give us a review on one of these sites. I don't even know how that works yet. Hmm. We're not that cool, but uh, you know, follow us on your favorite podcast format, and uh, just let us know you're out there because we love getting information from everybody else. So uh, thanks to Ben Palmer from Pitchers List, which is a great. By the way, I'm a big Pitchers List guy. I'm getting more into that. So shout out to those dudes and dudettes over there. Let's talk more quick hitters here. Let's do quick hitters on these starting pitcher comparisons. Deary, I'm going to fire two names at you. I want to just get an instant reaction, gut reaction from you, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Boom. Noah Syndergaard versus Spencer Turnbull. It's so interesting when you sent me this the other day. I was like, how the hell are we comparing Spencer Turnbull and Noah Syndergaard? Take (laughs) Take away the names, and their numbers are actually a lot closer than you would think. Um... The difference here is that Turnbull walks way too many guys. What? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he had 59 walks in 148 innings. I don't like that at all. Um, Syndergaard had 50 more innings pitched and only walked 50 guys. Um, Turnbull's got some good stuff. Uh, His fastball clock's in at 94. I mean, it's nothing like Syndergaard. He throws 97.6. Turnbull's right above the average for swinging strike grade at 10.7, which I like. Syndergaard's is 13.2. I mean, a guy that throws as hard as he he does. Uh, I I go with Syndergaard here. Uh, They're both 27 years old. If if Turnbull can bring those walks down a little bit, if you're in a league that you don't play wins, if he can bring the, the walks down, get the Ks up, just a little bit, I think he has a chance to be a nice little sneaky pick really late in the draft. I put Turnbull and Syndergaard here because their curveballs last year were two of the more unlucky pitches in baseball, supposedly. The, <laughs> it was just an interesting piece of information I stumbled upon, and I think that Spencer Turnbull is someone who has a lot of value. If you stay off Syndergaard and go for somebody who's just a better player in the... I don't know, fifth round of year to 12-team draft, somewhere along those lines. And you can get Turnbull later, way later. He showed flashes of brilliance last year. He had a 12 and a 12% swinging strike percentage, which is real nice, and that could get better. And he had a decent, uh, you know, outside zone swing percentage, 33.5%. So okay, I, that's yeah, that's right, right above average. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's – and he's just coming – into his own. He, his, last year was his first year to really play all year long. So Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of miles on that arm. And uh, the thing that can be worrisome with Syndergaard is because he throws his fastball 59% of the time and he throws that 97, 98 miles per hour, how long is that arm going to be able to hold up even though he is six foot six? Well, that's always the question. He is Thor, god of thunder, though, and he is unstoppable. He is from Asgard, although Asgard was destroyed in the Marvel movies. Spoiler oh, alert! Yeah. So maybe Thor has lost his power. His essence of his power is gone. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about it earlier with Syndergaard probably having an ERA north of four. And I'm on board with that happening again. One other thing on Turnbull. 461 ERA last year in 150 innings pitched. What about his FIP, Mike? 399. Yeah, there it is. That is fun. I don't know. And his uh, strand rate was actually 68%. It was not a great strand rate. So there's some improvement to be made. It was the same as Syndergaard's last year. They both were at 68. Yeah. See, that's fun, right? Yeah. What about Martin Perez, or Martin, (laughs) versus Tyler Beattie? Boy, these are two back-end-of-the-rotation guys. Uh, but Tyler Beatty's up-and-comer. I like Tyler Beatty in this one. Uh, I, I don't even think it's close. I'm not sure Martin Perez is going to even stick in the rotation out there. And uh, He's with Boston, right? 
He is signed with Boston. That is correct. Yeah, Tyler Beatty, Kenny, when you look at his, he gets a lot of swinging strikes, which I like. His whip was a little too high last year, but like you said, he's kind of on the up and up right now. Um, ERA was at 5.8, FIP 5.03, so that kind of kind of rings true there. Um, he needs to just bring down the walks. Walks were 3.54 last year. He only had 117 innings. He's probably projected more towards 160. But the guy's got good stuff, throws throws 94, 95 miles per hour. I think he's got better stuff than uh, Perez. Perez is a guy that I picked up uh, just on, uh, you know, whims when I needed to pick up a start or pick up some strikeouts on a Sunday, and he murdered me a couple times. Yeah, well, his whip was like the famous stat from last year, one five two. That's so great. And almost 170 innings pitched. Not good. Yeah, two years older than Beatty. Uh, I go with Beatty on this one. Okay. Uh, a lot of people like Beatty. He's got a killer changeup. People are really excited about that. Uh, Perez also thrives on his changeup. Uh, he really came alive in the first half last year before it kind of fell apart when he was with the Twins. Interesting point, though. 512 ERA, 466 FIP last year for Perez. Just saying, maybe he caught some bad breaks. Just something to think about. Next. Joe Musgrove versus Tanner Rourke. Now, Tanner Rourke is signed with the Blue Jays, and uh, Musgrove is still with the Pirates, of course. Musgrove uh, had some flashes last year. I know I picked him up, and he had some starts in the summer dog days that really helped me out when I needed I needed a starting pitcher quite badly. So if Musgrove is clearly probably the younger up-and-comer, maybe hitting his prime right now, Rourke is more that been around, gets less... I don't know, less uh, glamour than uh, Joe Musgrove does, but he's very very consistent. He's a solid guy. I give you 160, 170 innings. We'll see what he does uh, with the Blue Jays this year. Uh, Babbitt last year was 322. Uh, doesn't walk a ton of guys, and neither does Musgrove. Um, but I think when you, when you look at these two guys, Musgrove's the guy to talk about. I actually have Musgrove in my top 40 of fantasy what? starting pitchers. I have him slotted in at 40. I think he's going to have a really good breakout season in Pittsburgh. Do-do-do-do. Yeah, I mean, his swinging strike, strike rate of 12 last year, uh, you know, that's above the average. Uh, like we talk about with ERA versus FIP, ERA last year was 444. FIP was 382, so that's a little more true. Um, I like the stuff he has. 170 innings, only walked 39 guys, so he's not going to walk a ton of guys. Musgrove only got out of leaving guys on base 63% of the time. That's got to take an uptick this year. Uh, yeah, Tanner Rourke, this is where the, the big difference is, is Tanner Rourke, Left on base percentage last year was 78%, which is really, really good. Uh-oh, regression coming. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, and Rourke's 33. Musgrove's got a lot less juice on that arm at, at 27. I'm, I'm high on Musgrove this year, and I, I think he's someone that you can get um, in, in you know, kind of the mid-rounds and uh, could, could really be a big asset for your team. Rourke is 33 years old. He got a two-year, $24 million contract. $12 million a year for Rourke. That's kind of surprising to me. There must have been a demand out here for that I did not really realize for him. And the Blue Jays are going to get killer value out of that. Plus, I like the Blue Jays this year to be a really improved team. I think with the Blue Jays, is the, they've had so much uncertainty on the mound these last few years, and they wanted to go out and get a veteran who's going to be solid and give you 100 and 170 to 180 innings. And, you know, he's slotted in at what, the number three or number four starter there? So, you know, could be, could be a decent fantasy play late. Yeah, that 322 Babbitt for Rourke is going to come down. That, he was unlucky last year. Career 288 Babbitt, so okay, something to stew on. All right, next, Charlie Morton. We just talked about him versus Trevor Bauer. Now, these are two higher-end guys. I'm sure that in a lot of rankings, you'll find them both in the top 25, right? 
What do you think, Deary? God, this this one's so tough. Um, how is Charlie Morton doing this, man? He's 36 years old. He's got an incredible curveball. Gets so many swing, swinging strikeouts. Uh, last year, 264 ERA. Guy, guy just really, really has just good stuff. You know, great command on the mound. What he does differently than Bauer, which is the big difference between the two, they both strike out a ton of guys. They both, you know, over over 10 uh, strikeouts per nine. Mm -hmm. Morton's over 11. Bauer's inching towards that 11. The big difference is, is Charlie Morton doesn't walk a ton of guys. 2.64 per nine. Um, Bauer at 3.46. That's where Bauer gets in a ton of trouble. And, you know, Bauer's right around league average in terms of leaving guys on base. Uh, ERA 448 is Fip last year was 434. I've always been a fan of Bauer. He's he's got good stuff, but he just has these blow-up games that seem to just destroy his ERA and his in his metrics on a season. Mm-hmm. Both these guys get a lot of swinging strikes. They both have incredible sliders and curveballs. That's why these guys are up here. Boy, in terms of who I would take, I actually I, I left it blank on who I would take. Um let me look to see where I got both these guys slotted. I, I know I have Morton higher. Um, I got well, in Morton's last year in 2015 with the Pirates, he was throwing his curveball 23% of the time. Yeah. Last year, he threw it 37% of the time with the Rays. Ridiculous. So this clearly the curveball percentage has changed his career completely. Yeah. Plus, the Astros tightened up that spin rate, and it's just been a whole new ball game for Morton. I think it's fun. Uh, Trevor Bauer is one of the biggest bummers for me. I really yeah. thought he was going to have an amazing career. Yeah. yeah. And he hasn't. He hasn't. He's been like an... Just slightly above average pitcher. Yeah, he's 29 now. I got him slotted in at, at 42, and that may actually be a little high just because I do like some of the stuff he has. And I got Morton, Morton at 17. You have Bauer at 42? Yeah. Mm, that's. I think that's low. I mean, not, not that I'm complaining. I like it. I like that you're uh, going that way. Because I have uh, Bauer at 27. Ooh, okay. And I think in uh, the rankings on fantasy pros between all the experts, he was in the twenties, mid twenties. So you're, you're saying, Hey, Trevor Bauer, I can get 41 better pitchers than this guy. I, I have him right around where I have, uh, where I have Musgrove, Robbie Ray, Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing with, the thing with Bauer is he strikes out a ton of guys. He's got great stuff. But he just he he can't seem to stay away from the walks and those blow up games. But uh, yeah, yeah, then I he throws the ball over the center field fence. Whee! That, was, that was fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I can definitely see him being a top twenty five guy. I don't, I don't have him up that high. Oh no, I'm not saying that. I just I'm impressed. I just like that you're standing your ground. Say hey, this is what Bauer is. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he's twenty nine years old now. Can you believe him and Garrett Cole are on the same college team? That is bizarre world, but it's true. And Bauer, God, he was a long tosser. He believed in constantly using your arm. He's not one of these rest the arm. He can go deep into games more than a lot of pitchers can in his generation. Just disappointing. I expected more. All right, uh, next we have Masahiro Tanaka versus Homer Bailey. Now, this may be like, what? But if you start looking at some of the numbers, there's some interesting stats here. One in particular I thought was fun, and the reason I paired these two is because they're two guys that throw their splitter more than anybody who qualifies for Mm -hmm. innings. Yep. And that's why I put them together. Yeah. Now, Homer Bailey's in Minnesota. This is a winning team. He's going to get wins. So wins are a category for you still. That is something that will definitely be in play because they won 100 games last year, and they set the record for home run. So he's going to get offensive support, as we know, especially adding Josh Donaldson now. I just think that Homer Bailey is someone that we should consider. We talked about him last week, I think, or on the first week of the pod. You know, he's throwing a couple no-hitters and yada, yada, yada. What do you think, Deary? 
Yeah, these guys have extremely similar numbers. Uh, you know, they're both, you know, it, I mean, Tanaka's 31, Bailey's 33. Um, Tanaka had 20 more innings than Bailey last year. But, I mean, if Bailey's healthy, he's 170 to 190 inning guy. Bailey! They, they both don't walk a ton of guys. Now, their K-rate isn't incredible. Last year, Tanaka's K-rate was only 7.37, which is oh! which really, really took a dive. So so, so that hurts That's a lot. That's a dump, not a dive. That's a steaming dump. It's a big steaming dump. <laughs> Babip's right around the same. Left on base percentage, both around league average. Uh, ERAs were both in the, the mid-fours. Um so, so I, th- I think if you see both these guys on the board, I don't th- think there's an issue going either way. I think Tanaka's a guy that maybe people reach for, and I, I think it happened a little bit last year because they see that name. Obviously, if you're going for wins, both these guys are, are, are guys that can win 15 games. Um, they don't walk a ton of guys. Uh, it, yeah, they're very they're very similar. I, I, I did put Tanaka a little higher up there because I think the, the track record of, of him pretty much being able to have similar stats throughout every year, except for maybe last year. Homer Bailey's just been such an anomaly over you know his, his career. He's a superstar stud prospect. He's got two no-hitters, so he's obviously got the stuff. So maybe a change of scenery, and, you know, he can maybe, maybe get one of those Charlie Morton, uh, you know, expectations going for himself now you know being a 33 and maybe maybe this is when he starts doing it at the end of his career in 2017 homer bailey bailey he had 18 starts for the reds 643 era but they sent him down to the minors at one point but he had a 490 fip that's that's a big discrepancy 643 to 490 his fip last year was 411 with an era of 457 so hmm I don't know. In the year before that, in 2018, his FIP was 5.55. His ERA was 6.09. So, I don't know. It seems like uh, he, he could fine tune and really get some focus. I know. I know it sounds like abstract randomness, but there's just little details where you go to a place where you feel like you fit in, and maybe you play better. And because he's getting just a little unlucky, based, we'd have to dig deeper on the numbers to find out what's really going on. Because his BABIP, it looks to be about career average. Tanaka only throws his fastball 30% of the time. You know, we talked about that devastating splitter that he has. If you can stay away from that splitter and recognize early on that it's not a fastball and you just let it drop into the zone, he's going to get in a ton of trouble. The zone. Okay, last one. Two guys coming off injuries, but have talent. Garrett Richards of the San Diego Padres versus Lance McCullers Jr. of the Houston Astros. Oh, God. Two guys I've, I I liked for several years. Me too. These guys are fireballers. They, These are two guys I rates. Uh, especially Garrett Richards is a guy I like, forgot about. Right. But he's back. Yeah. He's ready to rock. Sa- same with McCullers. I know you've always been a huge fan of McCullers' curveball. He's got an incredible curveball. Well, I, lo- I love Garrett Richards' sinker even more. He was throwing that thing 97 miles an hour in his prime mm-hmm. when he was healthy. And the thing was unhittable, man. He could – I really like – if you ask me, hey, which pitcher do you like better, Mike? I'm a bigger Garrett Richards fan. I really am. Cause, well, I, I think he's a little more proven. Yeah, I mean, he had a few extra years, obviously, on McCullers, so he came up before he did. But I just like – I like his package. I like what he brings to the table. And he's a guy, win healthy, and now it's been a while, but been it's only been years. two years, yeah, right? Yeah. So He's still in his 20s, isn't he? Late 20s, maybe? Yeah, he, I think he's uh, retired, isn't he? He's a zombie. He's a living dead. No, he's 31 years old. He's 31 now? Okay, yeah. what's McCullers? Uh, I think McCullers is definitely still in his 20s. Yeah. That, that's yeah. one of But what, what about you, Deary? McCullers or Garrett Richards? Ooh. I'm going to say Richards. 
Wow. I'm, I'm going to go with Richards. He's on, a fun, he's on a fun young team there. Yeah, McCullers is 26. He's much younger. Oh, God, yeah. So he's got – but uh, they both are coming off major, major arm issues. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Richards. And McCullers is going way higher than Richards. Richards could be oh, a great yeah. value Richards pick. you can get real late. I just – I hate to give away – I feel like I'm giving something away here. I didn't <laughs> want to give away. It's fine. But someone's going to find out. It's fine. And they're going to ruin my draft. Nope. You'll draft him, and he'll be terrible. And someone Or someone else, <laughs> someone else will draft him, and he'll be a stud. Yay! Uh, okay, a couple other quick deep cuts. Uh, Dylan Bundy stood out to me. Had yeah. a 479 ERA last year with a 458 XFIP. And a Sierra was 454. So maybe got unlucky last year. <laughs> guy's his, been unlucky his whole career. Mm, okay, that's fair. We don't definitely don't agree on everything. His walk per nine last year was 3.23. Uh, career is around three. So okay. if he walks a few less guys, you can get that under three. You get a more closer to two and a half. I think Dylan Bunny's a guy you can get low, late value pick, and he, I believe he'll give you right around a four ERA. Somebody who could be like your one of your last couple starters, but you would keep him on your roster, and he'll strike outs guys. I believe his K nine will be solid as it always is. The guy's still only twenty seven years old. Exactly. So you know he he's had some injury issues. Really hasn't had a full season yet up in the majors. So maybe this is it. New scenery out there in uh, L A with the Angels. So he could be a guy that has a breakout. Ronaldo Lopez. Here's a guy showed flashes. He's shown flashes. In fact, he was even better a couple of years ago than he was last year. His numbers went way, way off track. In 2018, he was looking up. And last year, he had a home run fly, fly ball rate that went from 9 to 14%. Jesus so Christ. The ball started flying off of the fences oh, wherever he was. Poor guy. But he had a 488 Sierra if compared to a 538 ERA. So maybe he caught some bad breaks. Something to consider. And then lastly, Eliezer Hernandez. Uh, 10% swinging strike percentage, 32% chase rate. Those are... They're modest. They're not a mind blowers, they're but right, right around league average. Yeah, but his. I looked at his numbers last night, and when you separate his splits for being a starter versus a reliever last year, they were night and day. Okay. Check it out if you're interested. Trust me, they're much better numbers. And if he's a starter, he's somebody who could be a difference maker. And I know Miami has ten thousand starters: Yamamoto, <laughs> Caleb Smith, you know Alcantara. The list goes on, and there's more guys available in the minors. So. Just something to think about. Some deep cuts. You know, I'm playing a, a, a season on MLB The Show right now, and I'm, I'm right at the All-Star break. Um, I'm about a week from the All-Star break. The Miami Marlins are 500. What? Yeah, they're 500. They're in second place in the NL East right now. It's pretty crazy. Well, we were ripping on the Pirates earlier, so we got to give the Marlins credit. They actually spent, like, $23 million in free agency this year for Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. And, I mean, they actually tried. So give them credit for trying. You know, feeling like an, at least a decent team. The Tigers are picking up trash heaps around the corner. So, good job, Marlins. I, I, I like where the Marlins are headed in terms of what's on their major league roster more than the Tigers. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Okay, so shine or ride the pine? This is a little segment. Where we, are you going to shine or are you going to ride that pine, Ooh, baby? I like that. What draft parameters would lead you to buy in or stay away from the following players. Now, these are 10 hitters. We just did a ton of starting pitching. We wanted to finish that up. I think we did well there. Now, what about well, you, what, what do you mean by draft parameters? Would you draft Matt Chapman in the third round? Okay. Would you, you know, where you're at in the draft? Is it a roto league? Is it a, you know, head-to-head points leagues? All of these things matter. So, Matt Chapman is up first. Now, Matt Chapman is a guy who uh, could hit a lot of bombs again. He had a pretty solid year last year. A lot of people are high on him, and they think he's going to rise. Uh... I don't know if that's going to be the case. He's going to hit, hurt you in batting average. Mm-hmm. 
but he's got pop. Do you do you think there's other third baseman you would wait on? Because it's one of the deeper positions. Yeah, I mean, it's a stack position. I have him as the 12th best third baseman. Obviously, low OBP, low OPS. Uh, not going to give you a great batting average. But he's he plays in a really good lineup out there in Oakland. So he's going to hit over 30 home runs, probably have 90 RBIs. I think ADP right now is 88. He's got power to all fields. Uh, I just think there might be better guys out there. Matt Chapman in a points league is not someone I'm targeting at all because he doesn't get on base enough, you know? Yeah. Walks matter in a points league. Now, I just don't think Matt Chapman is somebody that you're going to fall in love with. He's a guy who looks like fun, but I'm not buying it, Deary. I think Matt Chapman is fraudulent, and I'm staying away this year. I think he's a good player in terms of fantasy. There's there's better guys that you can get that can give you the overall five-tool five uh, stats over Chapman. What? Is that true? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, why not? Who cares? But I, I, I mean, obviously, if there's, you know, if you're in a 12, 12 team league and there's already there's ten other third basemen going around, I mean, he's a, if he's your third baseman and he's your, you know, you get him in the seventh, eighth round, yeah, go go for it. He'll be just fine for you. Let's move on. Gary Sanchez, catcher for the New York Yankees. I'm curious if you're in a keeper league, would you keep Gary Sanchez? I mean, I know there's a lot of specifics that would need to be created, but if you're yeah. in a dynasty league and you need a catcher, because catcher can be a defining position. Yeah, there's not there's not many catchers in fantasy for sure, and he's gonna hit you a ton of ton of bombs. He swings at everything in the zone and actually makes contact in a lot of different things. But uh, his OBP last year was three sixteen. Mmm, that's great. Uh, Isn't it? Back in 2017, it was three forty five. So it was a huge dip last year. Um, He's got a big, big launch angle as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if I mean, there's a lot of parameters. Depends on you know how many how many guys you have to keep in your league. Obviously, what what I talked about is there's other you know there's there's not many catchers out there you can get. I'd rather go after a guy like Wilson Contreras who's going to give you more you know deeper stats than be more consistent. But if you you want a guy that wants a it's going to have a ton of RBIs and home runs, yeah, Gary Sanchez is your guy. But uh, for me, he's ride the uh, ride the pine. I think Gary Sanchez is going to have an amazing year. 40, there it is. All right. 40 home runs, baby. Lock it in. And if you're targeting a catcher, I mean, it goes downhill fast. Mitch Garver was a fraud, by the way. I'm not buying the Mitch Garver hype from last you know, year. I'm, uh, I'm actually considering keeping Mitch Garver. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a, it's a ten, you keep 10 guys. Uh, Mitch Garver was amazing for me last year, and I love that lineup, but there's no way he's going to do what he did last year. So... So you like Mitch Garver then? I like Mitch Garver if he can repeat what he did last year, but the the metrics are saying he will not. And uh, you know, most sites I'm looking at, people are not high on him at all. Is Sanchez your number one catcher then? You have him over Real Real Muto. Contreras. Well, if you're in a points league, Real Muto is number one. Yeah. I mean, he could Real Muto could hit 30 home runs in that lineup in that ballpark. He's close. I mean, he had 25 last year. So. I mean, Sanchez's average draft position right now is 79. Yeah. I just think that seems if, about right. If you're in a roto league where catchers are trash and you're trying to fill those categories, like the power categories, I know those are easy to fill, but I think Gary Sanchez provides you something a little extra. Okay. Just my opinion. Uh, next, we have Charlie Blackman. And by the way, Charlie Blackman was on this list before that trade we talked about earlier today in the podcast. Okay, came up just for the record. Okay. So, Charlie Blackman is a guy who's getting older. His steals are dead, so that's over. In a roto <laughs> league, his stock has plummeted. In yeah. my opinion, right? Well, he's a guy who used to be a top ten guy. 
Yeah, absolutely. When he threw in those steals, he was absolutely a top 10 Roto player. What about you, Deary? Yeah, Charlie Blackman? <sighs> I mean, the advantage with Blackman is that he plays in Colorado. He's going to give you 100 runs. He's going to bat over, over 300. He only walked 40 times last year. Lowest of his career. He's 33 years old now. Average ADP right now is 38. I'm, I'm waiting on Charlie Blackman. I'm not drafting him that high. Like you said, he doesn't steal bases anymore. So I, I think he's starting the downside of his career right now. Uh, he's ride the pine for me. Wow. Okay. Hey, Charlie Blackman to me, I'm off that. No interest in Charlie Blackman anymore. So it's an easy call for Mike Govier here. Uh, what about Aaron Judge? Here's a guy who gets hurt, but when he's healthy, <laughs> he rakes. And in a, in a points league, Aaron Judge, to me, is he's borderline. He's a first-round pick, I think. I think he's borderline first because the guy gets on base at an incredible rate. Yeah, 100 walks. Bank it. Yeah. Aaron Judge is somebody who could stay healthy, and if Stanton stays healthy, the lineup is just going to explode. It's just going to be unruly. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm high on Judge. He's, he's 24th average draft position. He's someone that if he's around in the second round, I'm taking him. Um, I had him a couple years ago, and, I, and you know he was incredible, helped help win me a championship. Guy hits to all parts of the field. He had more home runs to right field, plays in an incredible ballpark. And if he stays healthy, he's a top 30 guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying in. He's shine. Uh, by the way, uh, I wanted to mention on the Matt Chapman thing, it was driving me nuts. So uh, there's a guy over at Pitcher's List called, his name's Dan Richards, and I've been following him. He's got great information. Strongly recommend a follow on Twitter. He's uh, at Fantasy underscore Esquire. And he did some projections and talking about how he was not a fan of Matt Chapman on a podcast last week. And he has Chapman hitting 38 bombs, but a 258 average and one steal. So he was actually surprised. 100 runs, 93 RBIs. He was kind of surprised that uh, his numbers looked higher on his projections. Those are, those are lofty projections. 38's so. high. I, I see Just it. as a projection. Yeah. So something to consider. I mean, thir- I mean the one stolen base, yeah, that's what he's going to get. But third basemen don't steal bases anyways. You're, you'd be lucky if you find a guy that has 10 stolen bases. But, yeah, that average sucks. Oh, Tommy Edmond. Tom, that's someone who can steal some Ooh. bases. Oh, think about that. Um, all right, uh, what about Josh Bell? Yeah, incredible first half last year for Josh Bell. I mean, his... He had 37 home runs last year. Uh, he averaged only 19 his first two years of the, the career, of his career. His fly ball rate jumped by 6% last year. Would you rather have Reese Hoskins or Josh Bell? I'd rather have Reese Hoskins. I'd rather have Matt Olson than Josh Bell. Really? Yeah, I'm a big Matt Olson fan. What kind of league in particular? Is there a league where you would take Josh Bell over those guys or even less? Um, no, I, I, I like Hoskins and, and Olsen more. I mean, we're going to talk about Hoskins here in a little bit. Matt, Matt Olsen's a guy I'm really high on. When we talk about first baseman, uh, you'll see how, how much I like that guy. Hmm. Okay, well, that bums me out. Because I like Josh Bell. Okay, yeah. I mean, average average draft position right now, 81. That's great. If you can get it's a guy a, at 81 that hits 35 home runs and has over 100 than, RBIs. Yeah, Hoskins is like 20 spots lower. Yeah. So... But, I mean, if you're in an OBP league or you're in a points league, Hoskins led the National League in walks last year. Yeah. He had a fly ball percentage last year of uh, 50%. <laughs> he led all of the Woo, majors. uppercut swings Seriously. all day. Hoskins led, yeah. I mean, let's just talk about Hoskins. He led the majors okay. last year 50% <laughs> fly ball rate. I mean, his launch angle is out of control. Yeah, That's why his batting so, average was 226. Yeah, it was so bad last year, 246 and 18. Uh, but, yeah, 100, 100 walks. But but his his OPS his OPS was under nine hundred. He's got he's got to get that up. Well, he, talk about your three true outcomes, huh? I mean, this guy, 
it's so exciting. When Hoskins came up in t- two years ago, God, I was so excited. Well, here's the thing with Hoskins. The guy hit for average in the minors. So there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to do that in the majors. Maybe he switches up that swing a little bit. Well, maybe there is a reason for that. Drive. He can't handle the pitching. Yeah. He's got a good eye. Okay. But maybe he just can't He can't hang. I mean, he Hoskins was not a high pedigree pick or a draft um, pick or a prospect. Okay. He was a fifth-round pick, Sacramento State. He only started getting this run because he started playing well in the minors. Mm-hmm. And then See, it, that seems to happen a lot with the Phillies. Does it? Yeah, Scott Kingery is another guy who was amazing in the minors. And all mm. of a sudden was able to you know, mash the ball out of the park. Okay, so if Reese Hoskins is available in 7th, 8th round, are you going after him? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. 12-team league, standard. He's got dual eligibility as well, first base but and if outfield. If it's not if it's if it's a standard league, it's not OBP, it's not a points league. I don't know, but if it's a points okay. league, I, I'm all, I mean he would probably be gone by then. But yeah, I I traded Hoskins in my keeper league a week ago. For and I was <laughs> I really you, I remember we were in a league together and you traded for him, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. I love Reese. It was really hard for me to let go of Reese Hoskins in the league. I'm, what what'd you get for him? What, what was? It's basically it's so it's uh, you keep it's the same league I was talking about earlier with the Blackman trade, six keepers. Okay. So I got a second round and a sixth round pick for Hoskins. Okay. And that was there was no other player in return because I have too many keepers. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't get a first round. You keep what six six guys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in leagues like that, you guys that are potential top top seven or eight, you know, in terms of a keeper, you you try to ship them off and get assets. Well, think about that. Yeah. So I have Trout, Acuna, Bregman, Lindor, <laughs> keeping all those guys. No, no shit. Yeah. No, no brainer. Right. And then it gets dicey. It's Clevenger, Bell, Hoskins. Ooh. Okay. So, and I was like, well, I'll, and Gary Sanchez. Oh, okay. So it was. So really it's between the four, Clevenger, Bell, Hoskins, and Sanchez for two spots. So that's why I was like, well, Hoskins is. So you're going to keep Sanchez and Clevenger then? Or Bell. Ooh, Sanchez okay. and Bell. Okay. Clevenger well, might be well, okay, out. Okay, so Hoskins is out of the mix now, so that's good. You got rid of one of the guys. Yeah, and that's why I figured it out out of these last two. Because I wanted to get you want to get some draft value if you're not going to keep somebody. Correct. So interesting. Anyway, anyway yeah. Anyways, uh, what about uh, Joey Gallo? Joey Gallo is a guy we know his batting average woes, but he actually got it up a little bit last year. So if you're playing in a roto league, standard five by five, head to head categories league, Joey Gallo is somebody you like. Less or more than Josh Bell? Modern day Adam Dunn? Is he? <laughs> I was saying that about Reese Hoskins. He he had a he had a higher average last year, betted two fifty six before he got injured. Uh he's gonna give you a nice nice walk rate. This guy's got immense power. Mm. Um only Judge and Stanton hit the ball harder last year in the league. I I, I like Joey Gallo. I I had him two years ago. Um, I, I waited on him, uh actually kept him as a keeper in the fifteen team or fifteen player keeper. 87 average ADP right now in Fantasy Pros. Uh, you can get him on average before you would get guys like Eddie Rosario or Matt Chapman. You know, Gallo was a guy that I thought he pulled the ball more than he did because the, they, they run the shift on him a lot. He only pulled the ball 52% of the time, so he's starting to kind of hit the ball the other way as well. And a lot of his home runs go the other way because they're just they're, they're just these massive just fly balls that go up to the moon. <laughs> would you rather have Gallo or Josh Donaldson? I'd rather have Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson is going 13 picks lower on average right now in early okay. drafts. Okay. So that's very interesting. Something to stew on. Uh, what about Tommy Pham? Tommy Pham is a fun player. Gets on base, steals bases. He seems like a guy who can do it all. Got a little bit of pop. Why does Tommy Pham keep getting traded so much? 
yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I've a few years ago I was really high on Fam. He's, he's obviously uh, switched teams a couple times. Here's a stat I really liked about Tommy Fam. He was only one of five outfielders that had 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases last year. Woo! So that's something I really like. He, he's not going to be your number one outfielder, but if you can, uh, you know, combo him with a, like a Ramon Laureano and a Michael Conforto, guys that can give you multiple stats in different areas. Yeah. Tommy Pham's a guy I like. What's hmm. his ADP right now? About around 80? Mr. Pham. People love Tommy Pham. He's somebody who just, you see a guy who can do it all, and as a fantasy player, a fantasy manager, you get so excited. You just start... Oh my god, you just start screaming inside. You're like, oh, Tommy Pham, I love you. But personally, I think he's a bit overrated. Okay. That's where I stand. I think Tommy Pham is a guy who's been traded a couple times because people see the glaring holes in him. Mm. His ADP is 78. Okay. He's mixed right in there around the Jorge Soler, Jose Abreu, uh, Josh Bell again. Okay. Uh, Marcus Simeon's right around Fam. Marcus Simeon, 83, Fam, 78. I think I'd rather have Simeon at 83. Simeon had an incredible year last year. He did. Is that sustainable? We'll talk about that yeah, down can, the road. Can so. Fam continue with doing the 20-80-20? I don't know. 78 seems a little high for me. I, I'm probably going for him around 100. What about Wit? Hey, Wit Merrifield. He sounds like a little guy, like a little uh, tiny Hey, a little Wit Merrifield here. Hey, yeah, hey, Wit Merrifield. Hey. Whit Merrifield steals bases. I, I can steal bases, but he didn't steal as much last year. He had 20 uh, stolen bases last year, 79 in his previous two seasons. Ooh, think about that. And he and and, and I talked about this last week. Is uh, you know our guy's still hitting singles. He had the same amount of singles as he had previously had in the first two years. So he's getting on first base. He's just not stealing second anymore. I'm stunned by his ADP. It's 48. He's a top 50 guy, Whit Merrifield? Am I, I missing th- something? No, he's not. Or is not. it because second base is like a, such a scary place right now? Is that what it is? I mean, he gives you multiple position eligibility. He's not going to give you any RBIs. He only had 45 walks last year. That's really bad. Yeah, the lineup, well, the lineup may be a little... I was going to say the lineup is trash, but I was just thought of it as soon as I said it. Hunter Dozier, Solaire, Alderoto Montesi, there's some guys in that lineup. It's not that bad. I'm not buying in on, uh, on Merrifield at 48. It's so high. I'm just really surprised. It may be, I just do not agree with the industry or, or the world of fantasy baseball on this at all. I don't think he's the 48th best player in fantasy, and it's not even close. I'd rather have several other guys in the area that go below him. Chris Bryant's going 55? That's stupid. In redraft leagues? Come on. I don't care if it's a keeper or redraft. Chris Bryant, Lucas Giolito at 56? I'd rather have him way before I'd rather have Merrifield. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. he's not a guy I'm going for in the top top six rounds but it just looks like it's a second base run here because keston here is at 52 i'd rather Witt's have at four. yeah i'd rather i'd rather have Hira too he's in fit and then you have also, uh, I, I believe win merrifield's 30 years old already yeah like he's, he's not a youngster him. yeah and ozzy albie's going to 45 that's Albies. another second baseman could tell marte's at 44 yeah all those players are better than Whit merrifield absolutely so i don't know merrifield you love him i'm not sure why hey if you could change my mind hit us up palazzo podcast at protonmail.com. Lastly, Giancarlo Stanton, the New York Yankee who had a forgettable 2019. Deary, is this the year to get back on the Stanton bandwagon? If the guy's healthy, yeah, absolutely. He's going to give you 40 home runs, 100 RBIs. Well, yeah, of course if he's healthy, but is he healthy? Will he be healthy? He's been healthy before. It's not like he's yeah, been a exa- train wreck. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, 2018, he had 211 strikeouts. That was 40 more than he had ever had. So obviously coming over to the Yankees, he's just trying to swing the bat as, as, as hard as he can and try to hit 190 home runs. Average ADP right now is 61. 
Steal. Yeah. That's a steal. Oh, shit. If he's there in the fourth round, fourth, fifth round, you're you're, you're going and getting him. I, he's going to be one of your top five outfielders. I like him in head-to-head categories leagues. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, Roto, too, even. I think he's going to give you everything but steals. Yeah, I mean, that, that I think he can hit for an so average insane. in that lineup. Oh, I he really can. Do. He can, yes. So maybe I'm crazy. But maybe if we are crazy, that's just who we are, baby. Yeah, I, I, I'd buy in on Stanton, though. If he's healthy, get him on your team. You heard it here first, folks. Christopher Deary's buying in on Giancarlo Stanton. Big comeback year. 40 home runs or maybe more. All right, let's talk quickly uh, some prospects here. So... I was just thinking, Deary, a top five for 2020. Top five impact, okay? We're not looking just for the top five overall prospects. If you're in a keeper league and you're looking long-term dynasty, this is not that right now. We'll get into that as we go forward. But real quickly, five guys, Deary, who will impact 2020. What do you got? You mentioned some guys on here, uh, Luis Robert, or Robert. I want to say Robert, but I guess it is Robert. Well, he is Cuban. I don't know. I've never heard it. No, it's, it's Robert for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, he's a well, guy. Gary who, Sanchez. You yeah. Know, he's from. Uh, he's a guy who, number one outfield prospect in the game. Uh, you know, are the White Sox going to wait another year on him? He's a guy who could be playing center field for them this year. Well, they signed him the extension. He's definitely going to be playing up. He'll, yeah. He'll be up. There'll mm-hmm. be no service. Well, maybe like two weeks, whatever, for another year, but. He's playing this year. Yeah, G- Gavin Lux, is he a guy who ends up being a trade piece, or does he take over second base for the Dodgers? Hmm. Guy's just getting into his own. He's six foot three. He's going to end up hitting for power. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, Jesus Lusardo. Hmm. Everyone he, loves him. If he's healthy, he's a stud. So just looking at some of his projections, they're projecting about 140 innings, um, just around just around 10 for a strikeout rate. Uh, 140 innings, that's generous. Yeah, I mean, last year he came up for what? I, he pitched like 20 innings or something like that? Yeah, 12 like that. innings because he was 12, hurt all year. 12 innings? Yeah. Okay. Him and A.J. Puck was also on that staff, also a prospect that I like. Yeah. Both pitched 12 innings last year. Okay. Yeah, and Puck was coming off coming off surgery, so he just came back. Lasardo, it looks like Lasardo and Puck might be in that rotation for them. Oh, they will. They've announced that Puck will be a starter. That's that's, that's, that's a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're guys, they're going to have innings limits, but they're two guys that really, really could break out. Uh and then we round it out with Dustin May and Carter Keyboom. Carter Keyboom, despite the um, log jam of infielders in Washington, Carter Keyboom is being talked about right now as starting at third this year. So Carter Keyboom is a Keyboom? Kneebom. There reminds me of Kneebom from, uh, what was that movie? The Negotiator. Kneebom! Hey, Kneebom! Great one. <laughs> yeah, what about Dustin May? I mean, he doesn't have a spot in that rotation right now. Is, is he, oh, he will. Is, is he someone who's going to be a trade piece? No, he'll have a he'll have a spot. That's what they do. It's the Dodgers, right? Yeah, I mean, is he going to be better than? Uh, I mean, they have Maeda right now slotted in. Julio Urias is a guy that we didn't talk about. I think Julio Urias, who's slotted as the number four starter for the Dodgers this year, I think this is the year he breaks out. Wow, finally. he was in that long relief last year. Yeah, and then you you know they got old Alex Wood back. Uh, but yeah, May's a stud prospect who knee bomb. He, he's going to get some innings for them for them this year. I hope they hold on to him, especially if they uh, get to the playoffs and want to win that. Coveted title. Yeah, I have Julio Urias at uh, number 53 on my starting pitching rankings currently. Okay, so there it is. Yeah, He's nestled around Mike Fultonavich, Lance Lynn, and uh, Kenta Maeda, and Andrew Haney. Those okay, yeah, I got, I got Urias 45. Okay, I would, I'm would. i fine with that. I'm okay. totally cool with that. Yeah, I had he's, really good numbers last year out of the bullpen. Carter Keyboom, keep an eye on him, though. He's Keyboom. a guy who can, he can get on base. He's got good plate discipline. I don't know. Carter Keyboom, guys. Well, think about yeah, it. I mean, I think they, they're okay with letting Rendon go if Keyboom takes over. And, you know, we started hearing a lot about Keyboom last year. Keyboom, I told you. 
Kneebaum. The files. The files there. Kneebaum. I just love JT Walsh was a great actor. How do you remember these names? Yeah, JT Walsh is an incredible actor. He was great. great he died great. of a heart attack at 43. It's terrible. Great pull right there. He was good in Pleasantville, A Few Good Men. Man. A few good men, yeah. Gonna miss you, JT Walsh. All right, uh, I wanted to give you guys some perspective real quick. I pulled up a couple of baseball's top 100, MLB.com's prospect list from the last 10 years. These are the top five guys in the following lists. Ooh, I, I love this. I haven't, I, I haven't looked at this list yet. I love looking at old old drafts. Oh, yeah, because you, know, you have perspective baseball, now. Yeah, because you can see the results now. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, the top five were Profar, Dylan Bundy, Oscar Tavares, rest in peace. Oh, my God. Will Myers and Taiwan Walker. Okay. Now it's 2020. Mm-hmm. Profar is a middling serviceable infielder for the Oakland Athletics, right? Mm-hmm. Although he just got traded to the Padres, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dylan Bundy, we, kn- we talked about him yeah, earlier. We, about we know where uh, he's <laughs> hanging on. Tavares is dead. Tavares is dead. Poor guy. Rest in peace, buddy. Will Myers has been trash. God, what happened to him? I... He was very, yeah, people loved him. I, I remember. I, he, I thought three years ago he was really just right on the cusp of breaking out and being an incredible guy, and then they moved him over to first base, and he he was trash last Yeah, year. I talked to guys who love fantasy baseball, know the game, and they loved Will Myers. In 2014-15, they were super charged. He could do it all, the, but he's turned into a deadweight contract now. Yeah, he and he, he can't make contact with the ball. Every time I watch a damn Padres game, he's swinging at high pitches above his head and missing them. <laughs> okay, 2015. Top five were Byron Buxton, number one, Chris Bryant, number two, Carlos Correa, number three, Francisco Lindor, number four. That's a great top four, I must say. Those I, players have panned out in certain ways here and there. Has Buxton panned out? Well, no. I think I'm, Buxton's been a... But he's still only 26. I know, I know. So yeah. that's Everybody's some... waiting. For, like When you see Luke this weekend, talk, talk to him about Buxton. He's, he's, <laughs> I, want, I want to know if he's still high on Buxton. Oh, I bet anybody who loved Buxton, they'll never let it go. It's like a first love. <laughs> yeah. you, you just, I'm keeping this guy forever. That's right. You just can't let go because he's so tantalizing. Yeah, yeah Bryant, Correa, Lindor, and, uh, Addison Russell. Addison Russell at number five. Look at all those Bust. short stops. Yeah, so that those four guys are legit players. Correa's had injuries, obviously, but Addison Russell does not belong with those four guys. And then 2017, more recently, Benintendi was number one, Yohan Mancata, two, Gleyber Torres, three, Dansby Swanson, four, and Ahmed Rosario of the Mets, number five. God, these guys were just drafted three years ago. All five of them are in the league. They're, and They're, they're all I must, the minors. And they're all serviceable, in my opinion. And besides Benintendi, all f- the other four had progressively better seasons they looked better in fact Ahmed Rosario looked much better last year stole some more bases got on base hit for a better average he progressed quite well yeah yeah and And Dansby Swanson yeah he had a much better season last year yeah Rosario's a guy who he's somebody you could could really take a flyer on late and he might be able to give you some of those stats you're missing at shortstop absolutely so we just want to give you some perspective you know on these old lists all the guys we talked about are still playing baseball in some fashion, except Oscar Tavares, who is dead, unfortunately. But um, it's interesting to see where the prospects are now, the ones we were just talking about, and then the ones from the past and how it pans out. There are no guarantees. There are guys who are lower prospects who end up being studs. So I think the end result here, the point of this, is just best of luck. <laughs> take guys <laughs> take guys with high upside and do the best you can. Yeah. Okay, mailbag time. So, we got some mail from some fellow readers. 
Wait, readers or listeners? Well, they read their emails, so they are readers. Contributors. Okay. They're contributors to our pod. Oh, that's great. I really like that. Yes, they are contributors. Yeah. So This isn't our pod. This is everybody's pod. That's right. This is a... Um, it's like a co-op, you know? Come on in. <laughs> so if you want to send us an email about... Like fan- the food gatherers. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to send us an email about food gathering or uh, anything else that's on your mind, hit us up at Twitter at Palazzo Podcast. Also, emails are welcome. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. Two Z's at ProtonMail.com. First one comes from Andrew Paul. Uh, first off, he says, R.I.P. Jay Allen, who was the Tigers PA announcer who passed away from cancer. Very sad. Sorry to hear that. What do you think of corporate logos on MLB uniforms? Ooh, this I'm, year, I'm, they're doing that. So oh, they are? I, I haven't heard this. This is uh, this is the information I'm receiving. What do you think, Deary? Yeah, so they started doing this in the NBA a few years ago, and I was like, oh, man, it's going to look so terrible. Like, you know, you see a lot of these European soccer league teams where they got, like, Samsung right across the front of their their jersey or something like that. <laughs> so they started doing it in the NBA uh, a couple years ago, and I don't even notice it. I don't even notice the small patch that they have right up there on their uniforms. Uh, interested to see how MLB goes about it. It doesn't bother me. So, yeah, I- I'm okay with it. Well, it's going to be the Nike logo will be on the front of ah. every jersey, front and center. So uh, that is what people are talking about. It's the first kind of foray into this. And I'm with you. I mean, hey, whatever pays the bills, who cares? It's all... Don't bother me. There's doesn't no, affect uh, the game. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, authenticity or genuine nature to this stuff. It's all money-driven. So that's <laughs> the world we live in now. I money, know. money, money. Yeah, it's a cynical thing. Exactly. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Okay, uh, Heath Dorman writes... <laughs> Dorman? Heath, Heath Dorman. <laughs> yeah, Heath Dorman. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Heath. I don't know why I'm laughing at we you. We shouldn't know. be. Why are we. Heath Dorman asks 16, <laughs> 16 team dynasty league. I think it's just the way you said it. Okay, uh, go, go ahead with your question. Okay, Heath Dorman wants to know <laughs> in a 16 team dynasty league, I need to keep three of these five. So three of five. So he doesn't keep two is okay. also a way to say this. Who we got? Which two would you exclude? Jeff McNeil, Gavin Lux, this is a Dynasty League, Dustin May, uh, Eloy Jimenez, I assume, and Zach Gallen. Which two would you exclude in a 16-team Dynasty League? We don't have any parameters on uh, categories or anything, or if it's a roto or what. This is interesting. This is an interesting group of players here. Best three of the five. (sighs) Jeff McNeil, Gavin Lux, Dustin May, Eloy Jimenez, Zach Gallen. I think... So I'm keeping Jimenez and Gallon. I'm going to keep Gallon over Dustin May. Jeff McNeil versus Gavin Lux. This is interesting. Jeff McNeil, uh, is any any level of baseball he's ever played at, he's hit well. Uh, I had him on my team last year. He, he went undrafted, picked him up. He had 20 home runs, batted over 300. But I think in a dynasty league, I would take the gamble with Lux because he's you know, a superstar prospect. Uh, I just talked about him. He's a bigger guy who's going to be able to be project into power. So I, I'll go with Galen, Jimenez, and Lux. What about you, Mike? Hmm. Eh, I love Jeff McNeil, so I'm riding that train. All right. I'm yeah, gonna... I'm glad you made that decision. <laughs> yeah, I would go with uh, McNeil, Lux, and Galen. Ooh. That would be my three. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, lastly, uh, now this is a several-parter. This comes from Ricardo Montalban in Livingston County. <laughs> and he asks, question one, Mercado, Oscar Mercado, I assume, or Alex Verdugo? Who has a greater upside and is either a keeper? Oh, wow. 
I like Mercado over Verdugo. Greater upside. And Is Verdugo the... going to be starting in the outfield with the Dodgers? Well, he could be to trade for Mookie Betts. So he's been mentioned, ah, too. Ah, so yeah. I don't know. Oscar, I... Oscar Mercado had a really nice season last year. Yeah, he stole 15 bags. He played about 110 games. He had good plate discipline. Really like his, his overall package. To me, he is definitely a keeper, depending on... Again, you're not telling me how many keepers, so we can't mm-hmm. tell you, but he's asking. And uh, the greater upside is Mercado. What do you think? Yeah, Verdugo's a guy that we've heard about for several years now. He's a guy that the Dodgers refuse to trade in several uh, you know, deadline packages that people yeah. are asking for him. Came up last year in limited time, played pretty well, but uh, yeah, I think Mercado's the guy. Totally agree. Next one, Mackenzie Gore... Or Brendan McKay. Who do you like better for immediate fantasy production? <laughs> immediate fantasy production. Well, obviously it's uh, McKay for immediate fantasy production, right? What are they going to do with McKay? Is he is he going to strictly become a pitcher? I think they're going to ditch the hitting. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 probably a, a good choice. Uh, I think I, I think you go with McKay because I, I don't think. Mc, I mean, Gore's a top prospect right now. You know. I think yeah, but it says immediate one, fantasy production. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the number one starting pitcher prospect right now. But uh, yeah, I'd go with McKay. Yeah, that, I is mean, McKay going to be in like a long relief role right now? No, he's going to start. He started last year. He's going to do that like you uh, going to start resuming a pitch like three innings. Oh well, he'll, he might pitch after openers, but he's yeah. going to pitch. He pitched. He's going to give you some innings. Yeah, he pitched oh. fifty innings last. Fifty six innings. No, okay. excuse me, forty nine innings last year. Okay. Fifty six strikeouts. I like Brendan McKay a lot. Ooh, I like that. He got a great command for his age, mm-hmm. and Mackenzie Gore is the number one stud yeah. pitcher coming, yeah. but he's not ready yet. They're, yeah, they're they're waiting. He on was him. just at you know he's got work to do. So okay. All right, question number three. Who is a better long-term dynasty pitcher out of Sean Manaya or Tyler Glasnow? Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. Although, and Manaya's coming off an injury. Um, well, so is Glasnow. I think that, yeah, but I think that perfect game, as people thinking that Manaya might be a little better than he is. I'm a big Glasnow fan. I go with Glasnow. I don't know. Uh, better long-term dynasty pitcher... It's, this is really hard for me because Tyler Glasnow is getting all this run. His ADP is skyrocketed this year because of 55 innings, 50 innings. I mean, it was a limited sample. Where's his ADP right now? Oh, uh, boy, that's a great question. Sorry, I believe it's a... Uh, I can find it. He was in the top 20s, 30s, 80s, 90s? <laughs> I have it on here somewhere. I just got to find I'm it. I'm looking at the website right now. And, uh, Where are you, Glasnow? Uh, there it is, 71. 71. 71. That's not bad, him. actually. That, On average, 71 is not bad. Okay. Well, I got him as my 24th uh, best starting pitcher, but, uh, right ahead of Chris Paddock. Well, Ricardo Montalban, I guess Glasnow is the more talented pitcher. So go with Glasnow if it's a dynasty situation. Last one. With all the turnover in Atlanta, it seems Austin Riley has hit a bit of a crossroads. Do mm. you think he still projects to be a solid third base option in fantasy? Hmm. That's interesting. I, I I think at this point he's probably going to be your starting third baseman. I don't think they're going to go with Camargo over him. I think Riley's could got platoon a, though. Could be a Riley's platoon. Riley's got a better bat than him. Serious platoon situation. Yeah, a serious platoon of uh, Camargo Riley. I mean, that's yeah. gonna that could happen. The so. 1986 masterpiece platoon Ooh, presented yeah. by the Atlanta Braves. I love Oliver Stone. So what's the what's Did the question World here? Trade Is he going to be a serviceable third base? Yeah. Is he going to be? Or he, okay, so with all the turnover in Atlanta, it seems Austin Riley has hit a bit of a crossroads. Do you think he still projects to be a solid third base option in fantasy? Ricardo Montalban wants to know. A, is this a dynasty keeper league? Well, his <laughs> other questions seem to indicate that. So, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Austin Riley's only 22 years old, six foot three, big guy. <sighs> I don't know if he's going to be a solid yeah, third base I, option this I, year. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he had 18 home runs last he year. He had that insane hot streak. It all happened in yeah. like June and July, yeah, and then he died. Four at bats because his strikeout rate was. It skyrocketed. It was ne- it was always high, and it was not sustainable what he was doing. Yeah, I think it's going to take him at least this year and next year to for us to really know if he's going to end up being a stud. Yeah, right, well, very few guys can come in the league right away and just be studs. So I, I I think we're waiting on Riley a little bit. Waiting on Riley. Like, why does that remind me of him? Waiting for Guffman. We're waiting for Guffman. Remember that movie? Yeah. Li- or Life of Riley. Is that what I was thinking? <laughs> Life of Riley. <laughs> The Riley life. What is that uh, stupid thing? Yeah, what is life of Riley? Is that like a good life? It always sounds like, hey, I'm living the life of Riley. (laughs) I don't want to live Bill O'Reilly's life. (laughs) The life of Riley. I love it. uh, Ridley. Isn't Ridley? Who's Ridley? Ridley Scott. No, isn't there like a Ridley's like weird world or something? Or is that Riley? There's like a... Oh, uh, Ridley's believe it. Ripley's. Ripley's. Believe it or not. (laughs) Ripley, Riley, Ridley. Oh, that could uh, take over for Dobby Doobie Dobbler. (laughs) <laughs> Ripley, Ripley, what is it? Ripley, Riley, and Ripley, know. Riley, and Ridley. That's too much. Ah, uh, well, speaking of too much, man, it's been an enjoyable podcast. That's been fun. Do we want to do Mattis Heller? Or are we just not doing that anymore? Uh, see, it's different during this time of the year because I'm just so damn excited about baseball that uh, I don't have anything to rant about yet. Yeah, I don't. I think it's a good segment. I don't want to lose it, but. It's just not feeling it yet. Let's give it some time. Maybe I, we could, I think some stuff has to brew. Yeah, we, maybe we need to see some like baseball be played and we can get pissed about somebody who's blowing it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I liked it. And it was non-baseball stuff, too. It was just about life. But uh, it just doesn't feel right, guys. So if you listen to us when we were the sharp idiots and you remember Mad as Hell, we enjoyed doing that, but we're just not feeling it right now. I think so. we've been so positive today that I don't, I don't think there's a reason to, to, to end it on a bad note. I concur. Well, that'll do it then. I am Michael Gobier. Who are you? I'm Chris Deary. That's right. We're on Twitter, as you know. I've said it during the podcast. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com is where you can email us questions. Thanks so much to Ricardo and Andrew and Heath Dorman for emailing us. We really enjoyed all the questions. We love to talk fantasy baseball. Next week, we are going to do... Okay, we'll do a new position. I don't know what we'll do yet. We talked doing relievers, but we want to start getting into some more hitters. Why don't you talk to the people over the weekend and uh, see what they want to hear? Yeah. Or, or you can tweet at us. What, what position do you guys want us to hit up next? Yeah. Like I said, this isn't a Mike and Chris podcast. This is for everyone. That's a great idea, Chris. Yeah, hit, email us or maybe we'll do a Twitter poll or a co-op. Hook us up with the info and we'll go to the next position. Either way, I enjoyed it. I'm Michael Gobier, and that's Christopher Deary. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. We're out of here. Peace. Once you away.